Welcome to Into the Harvest, friends. We are here to bring you the confidence and clarity you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. I'm Abigail Wilson. I'm Andrew Stroud. Hey, guys. I am Lakeith Jones. All right, friends. We are all back together again. Uh, Andrew was all by his little lonesome last week with Joey. I guess that's not really alone, but we are all back together. It's great to see you guys. Um, Today on our show, we're going to be starting a three-part series on uh, the nature of discipleship. So today we're going to be focusing on the character of a disciple. I think it's going to be a really great conversation. Um, But first, we have a couple of announcements. Let's do those first, and then we'll catch up because I've missed you guys. Yeah, it sounds good. We can do it any way we want to do it. So we've been uh, mentioning this the last several episodes, but we would love people to sign up for Harvest Highlights. It is a weekly email that we send out on Sundays. It's loaded with content, whether those are blog articles or resources that we use in our personal disciple making and in our practice of church in our local neighborhoods. Um videos. So if you have not been receiving that, uh, go to our website, intotheharvest.org slash newsletter, or check the notes in this YouTube video or this podcast episode. There'll be a link that will get you uh, signed up for the Harvest Highlights, and you'll, you'll receive that every week. This past week, we spotlighted a great podcast called Five Minutes in Church History. Um, so we're, we're constantly looking for things that encourage us in our faith and help us make disciples. And then we share those every week on Sunday. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, please take the time to do that. Also, guys, please give us a review. We need it. You got so much more time on your hands. Five stars gets us more um, yeah, access to the public and we get this podcast out. And if you're encouraged by it, there might be somebody else that may be encouraged by it. So please, five stars. Wherever you watch a podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, comment, give us a like. That'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Although I feel like I have had less time on my hands since uh, this uh, quarantine situation. So um, I guess if you're single, if you're a single person, then you probably have more time on your hands. The rest of us, I'm not getting it all done. In fact, can you guys hear my kids right now? Can do I need to go tell them? I can't hear them. Okay, they they aren't coming through for me. All right, if you guys listening can hear children in the background, just know it's my kids, and they're playing outside right under the window that's right next to me. So that's cool. They found the the optimal place to be bothersome. So that's cool. Anyway, friends, how are you guys doing? It's been a few weeks since we've chatted. So, what's life? How's it treating you? <laughs> yeah, Keith, why don't you go first? Um, I think you've got the, the the biggest pending news. Man, yeah, I'm always uh, in the news circle here. I guess we see a trend, guys. But uh, You're the we, <laughs> today is uh, April 14th when we're recording this, which means we are officially eight days over our due date, baby Joseph. But we have an appointment soon. So uh, maybe next time we do a podcast or you guys hear from me, we'll have a little baby boy uh, on the horizon. But we've been doing good. Uh, The kids are hanging in there uh, probably as best they can with school being at home and friends being at home. Everything's at home, you know, food, you name it. So uh, they've been hanging in there. You know, we've been trying to make it interesting. So that's been the latest with, with me. How about you guys? Yeah. What's it been like for you there, Abby? Well, I was sick last week. Um, my husband swears I had COVID-19. 
Um, <laughs> but I took a test and it was negative. So it's possible that it was a false negative or um, I maintaining that I was just going crazy, which feels more on brand with who I am as a person that I just like took on the symptoms of COVID-19 because I was hearing about them so much. Um, yeah, I was pretty sick and it was very hard for me. Um, I am an Enneagram three. Apparently I also learned about the Enneagram during my free time being sick. And, uh, that type of person has a hard time laying down and being still and not doing anything. It was rough. <laughs> so, um, my husband like took care of everything. He worked from home. Brett was a superstar. He did all of the things. So we are glad to be back rolling in our normal life roles now. So it's just nice to feel healthy. So you were yeah. definitely sick. You just aren't sure. Well, the test yeah. came back negative yeah. that you had uh, yeah, COVID-19. Yeah, you know, I am one to disbelieve the test because really like what's the point if I'm not going to believe it? Um, but I, I think that I will uh, look forward to, they're going to be doing like some sort of antibodies blood test supposedly in the future to, so you can see um, either if you've had it or if you're just um, like have strong immunity against the coronavirus. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that test because that would be cool if either that would prove that I did have it or right. who knows. Anyway, that's like the nerdy side of me is like, Ooh, I can't wait to get my blood drawn. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to that too, because you hear different things, but one thing that you hear is that it's a lot more widespread than, than we realize a lot more people have had it is the speculation that's out there. So yeah, I'm also curious just to see not just for myself, but just society wide, what, what is the, the reality of how many people have it versus how many people are displaying symptoms or, you know, having to be treated. Mm. So yeah, well, we were joking. And we were just talking about your daughter cause she was like, she wasn't feeling well. Yeah. So my daughter also just got tested and just got the results back this morning actually. And it was negative as well, which is we're thankful for. And my daughter is, she's not an extrovert, but, but she is very active. And so she's been, chomping at the bit to, uh, to get out of the house. And so she's already texted asking if she can come over, but similar to you, like she has been sick. So we're trying to tell her like, well, Hey, it's great <laughs> that it looks like you don't have COVID-19. However, we still don't want your germs at this yeah, point. I know. So let's make it's sure hard. you're recovered from whatever it was that you were fighting last week. Um, we were joking before we started uh, recording that, you know, pandemic time feels, it feels like it's been a month since we were on the podcast together. It's really been two weeks, but, uh, there just seems like, I don't know, time seems like it's moving slower, but, um, you know, last week was great for us. We did celebrate Holy week kind of at a new level for our family. I think some of that was things were just a little bit slower in terms of being able to go and do, but, uh, we really enjoyed it. We, um, we did a reading, a scripture reading on Thursday evening, and then we did one for Good Friday. And then uh, we observed uh, Saturday, the, the day between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. So we really enjoyed it as a family, uh, trying to, to really focus on Holy Week and all that it means for us as believers. And so that was kind of a, a new thing that we did last week that was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, if you have not um, watched or listened to last week's episode with Joey, Joey, I really loved it, and I think um, it was a. I think this year, 
Um, it will probably be one of those episodes that feels dated by next year because we talked about the pandemic so much. But um, I think if anything, um, we can take the, during this year when things were a little slower and kind of dabble in some traditions that maybe we hadn't done before and then hopefully take those into maybe next year when things will be back to normal. Um, I, I thought it was really fascinating. I would like to um, start ringing Easter in at midnight. I think that seems like a fun thing, but not with small children. So Right. <laughs> did you guys, um, did you stay up late on Saturday, your family? No, we didn't. Uh, well, we did, but we weren't uh, ringing in Easter. <laughs> <You weren't laying>. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. Full confession here. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about this, like technically, like the Jewish days went from sunset to sunset. And so... You know, Jesus could have been raised anytime after sunset on Saturday evening, like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. We don't really know when he was raised. He was just, by the time they got there at dawn on Sunday, he had already been raised from the dead. So it is kind of, I don't know, this is how my mind works, I guess. Like, I don't know that we have to wait till midnight. I mean, oh, that's yeah. the way our days run. But um, I don't know, anytime after dark, it seems like you could go ahead and celebrate that uh, it's the third day. It's officially the third day and uh, we could celebrate. So we, we maybe took some some license with that. We uh, we sort of ended sense. up celebrating around 8 p.m. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. That's a good point. Um, and I, I was really struck by, once again, you know, the women coming like right at the crack of dawn. Um, yeah. so they were definitely like looking for that sign of light. So they were off of their Sabbath duties. Um, so absolutely. Let's go by Jewish time from now on. And as we count the days with this quarantine business to maybe speed things up a little bit, I don't know. All right, friends, can we get started? I'm excited about this topic today. So let's get into it. So we're going to be talking about, um, the, just overall, we're going to do a little three, part series on discipleship, but I think this um, particular episode, we're going to be talking about the characteristics of a disciple. And so we kind of want to get started by why is that important? Why should we start there? I think it's pretty obvious, but maybe we'll go into it a little bit. Um, and then we'll head into maybe some of those specific characteristics that we see um, that is a disciple and what the definition might be for us. And we'll give you some biblical examples, et cetera. So let's just, without further ado, get on into it. Andrew, why don't you uh, kick us off by just talking about why this particular aspect of a disciple is important? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to be doing this series, like you said, Abby, um, looking at the character of a disciple, the commitments of a disciple, which we'll be talking about next week. And then we're going to talk about practices of a disciple in the uh, the third week of this series. And I, I think it's really important because in, in the West especially, I think we've kind of lost this idea of, of discipleship or what it means to be a disciple. It's almost like being a disciple means that you're, you're doing extra credit or you're, you're especially committed to, to your faith to be a disciple versus uh, just being a Christian. You know, Christian is the word that folks are more familiar with when they think about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? They think, well, Christian is, is the primary word. But if we go back to the scriptures, we know that Jesus never referred to his followers as Christians. And in fact, the early Christians did not originate the, uh, the word Christian. This was a derogatory term that the enemies of Christians or the, the opponents of, of Christians 
came up with, um, well, I should say the opponents of disciples of Jesus came up with, they began to to nickname them Christians, little Christs, as a uh, as a derogatory term. And the Christians thought it was a great compliment, of course, eventually that, hey, we would love to be known as little Christ. That's, that is what we're trying to become. We're trying to walk in his footsteps. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the word Christian, but I think if we go back to the roots, Jesus called people to be disciples. And at the end of his time, Jesus called his followers to make disciples. And so that's something that has not gone out of style. We're still called ultimately and primarily not to be Christians, but to become disciples of Jesus. And our mission is still to make disciples. And so we we want to come back to this every so often just to remind ourselves, what does it really mean to be a disciple so that we can live that out and also so that we can make disciples? What is it that we're trusting the Lord to do through our lives as we share our faith with others? So as I was thinking about why is it important for us to talk about this, those were a few things that uh, came to mind. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear in scripture that this is what Jesus called his followers. Um, it's something I was really, maybe this can kind of lead us into us talking about specific characteristics of a disciple, but um, I was looking through my notes on this topic and I was particularly struck by the passage in John six, which is where Jesus gives that really hard message about, you know, you're going to have to like totally eat my body and everyone's like, mm, that's not cool. And so a bunch of his disciples left and it says disciples, it says some of his disciples were like, peace out. And then he turns to his other disciples, like the word it keeps being thrown around. So then he says, my disciples, are you guys going to leave too? And they're like, where would we go? So in that passage alone, we have the word disciple used like three different times, but for different people. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit, because I think that's kind of, it's the same today. You know, I think when we throw around the word Christian, even, um, there's a lot of people that fall under that category. And I think the same with disciples. So I think we're going to specifically want to talk about those disciples that say things like, where would we go? <laughs> so those are the people that we want to focus on because those are obviously the kind of people we want to be. So maybe we can kind of get into that, um, those specific characteristics that set disciples apart, um, like a 12 disciple type disciple and a, a crowd disciple. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good. I've been enjoying what you guys have been sharing so far. And uh, not to get off topic, but I just realized that my name on Zoom is Stephanie. I'm still logged into my wife's account, so I apologize. I don't think anyone else can see that. No, I hope they're able to edit that later. But um, <laughs> and my neighbors are having a party next door or something because they're making so much noise. But uh, thinking about discipleship, I think um, the biggest I think revelation I've had recently about it was that Jesus Jesus's goal and and mission was going to be the masses. You know. I uh, think of a verse like Second Peter three nine, where he's God saying he doesn't want for anybody to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know, um, so the end goal was to get to the masses, that all people would have a way to get to God. But Jesus, being the boss that he is, knew that that was going to come uh, from individuals, you know, and on a, a fewer base. Like the goal to get to the to many was to reach the few. So I think um, 
that kind of helped me see like, man, yes, discipleship is this very selective, very intensive uh, <laughs> process, but the end goal is always the rest of the world, you know? So uh, like beginning with the end in mind, like Jesus, uh, Jesus was able to focus on the 12 and, and really go deep with those guys because he knew that they were going to be the torch carriers later. So uh, that encouraged me a lot. It's like, yes, like uh, discipleship is, it's small because we want to focus on the few or our end goal has to be the many. And that's going to be a long, like slow process. But thank God it gave me a lot of peace that there's a small picture and this big picture part of discipleship. So uh, yeah, that was, that was very helpful for me. When I think about uh, disciple, especially in the biblical sense and the character of a disciple and how that might be different from from the crowds, you know, like you're, you're talking about there, like Keith, like what is it that the 12 had that that the crowds didn't have or didn't have yet? And, and even though you're right, Jesus, you know, God so loved the world. So, you know, the Lord is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So, so the heart of God is for humanity. It's for, it's for people uh, as a whole. Um, but when we think about character, you're right, Abigail, like people can have character in general. There, there are some people of, of great character who are not followers of Jesus, who aren't people of faith. And so when I think about what, what makes the character of a disciple distinct, I think it really revolves around Jesus and, and our commitment to Jesus. And so um, synonymous with the word disciple would be follower in my mind. So uh, a disciple of Jesus is a follower of Jesus. And it's one reason why I prefer the word disciple over Christian. Again, nothing wrong with the word Christian. I'll use that that term. But Christian can almost be, um, I don't know, like like I'm American. I'm I'm a guy. It doesn't necessarily suggest too much more about me, except that this is a label. But a disciple, a true disciple is is descriptive. It tells you something about a relationship that I have with Jesus, that I am a follower of Jesus. And I, I really break it down that a disciple, a follower of Jesus is is called to, you know, three three basic things. It's it's to follow Jesus, to spend time with him, to learn from him, and to become like him. And all three of those things are part of the character of a disciple. A disciple is someone who is spending time with Jesus, learning from Jesus, and seeking to become to become like Jesus. And so that's going to be a very distinct character quality um, that the 12 had that I don't think those other disciples in John 6 shared, at least not at the same level, where they were going to stay with Jesus even if the teaching was hard. Um, and they were going to choose to learn from him even when it didn't make sense. And ultimately, they were committed to becoming like him um, and growing into his 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 image. Yeah, that's really good, Andrew. Um, I was thinking about the verses in Romans. Um, it's one of those like character um, lists, but it's one of my favorites. And I think it's perfect to describe a disciple and maybe the type of disciple we want to be. And that is that suffering um, brings about endurance and endurance brings about character and character brings about hope, which, you know, is based in Christ Jesus. And I, that, by the way, that was not quoting, that was like an Abigail version. So 
you can look it up. Um, but I think uh, that's a perfect picture because I think one, there's always suffering <laughs> involved. It's be a downer, but it's just part of being a disciple um, is that aspect of suffering. And then that does produce endurance. And as we you know, see in that example I gave earlier, you know, they did not bail when things got weird and hard. Um, they endured, they stuck with it. And that's what produces the character, the character that we want as a disciple. Um, so if you're in any of those steps, like if you're in the suffering section or you're in the like, just endure time, like that's good. You're in the right place. <laughs> that's, those are all the things that we need for this recipe of the character of a disciple. So I think that's all really, really good. Um, good starting ground, I guess. Do we want to kind of get into specifics here? Like we've been pretty general. Um, yeah. I don't, we have a list of like questions here. I'm not really following it, but <laughs> okay. So maybe like for you guys, what are some of the top character qualities of a disciple? And this is, I'm just skipping it. We, I, we had on our list of like, what's the difference between a disciple's character and character in general? Um, and if you're listening and you're like, I wish you guys had covered that, then we can go back. But I, to me, I think it's pretty obvious. And what we've said, Jesus is the difference. Like the Holy Spirit is that difference in the quality of, of character. So we, like we've said before, there's some awesome people out there that aren't followers of Jesus, but it, it breaks down at some point. And so, um, so let's get into maybe some specific qualities of a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, I think I, uh, I got one from uh, John, the book of John, chapter 18, 18. I think these are words from Jesus himself, which always helps me like, man, like what's, uh, what is Jesus' standard for my life? Like what, what does he expect of me? So he was being questioned by the high priest. I'm in John chapter 18, verse 19. It says the high priest then questioned Jesus about his teaching and about his disciples. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world, always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you question me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. So uh, it amazes me that Jesus uh, wouldn't even allow the chief priest in that moment to question him because he was so confident in uh, what he had instilled to his disciples. So I think uh, even for us, so many yeah, years later, thousands of years later, I think uh, a huge characteristic of a disciple today is to be familiar with the teachings of Jesus, to literally have him as our teacher today. And I know he's so much more, you know, I know he's so much more, but that is a huge thing that Jesus has so much confidence in his disciples at the time and in us. He said, don't question me, question those who heard what I said. They know what I said to them. And um, I think that's something that encourages me a lot that we can sit at Jesus' feet today and learn from him as a teacher and uh, be able to speak on his behalf and not our own, because I get in trouble sometimes with that. So it's helpful it's just like, hey, this is, this is Jesus' standard. Yeah, that's a good one, Keith. Mine is is maybe related to that. The, the number one quality that came up in, into my mind as I was thinking about the character of a disciple would be uh, sincerity and sincerity of devotion to Jesus. And I do think that that sincerity gets tested in so many ways. So it, to me, it's almost like an overarching uh, character quality for a disciple to have. And even that passage that you shared, Abigail, um, 
which I love. I love that progression. It's a great one for this week's episode that uh, suffering produces endurance and then endurance produces character, um, that, that progression, but that suffering in some, in some ways it can test our sincerity or are we genuinely committed to remaining with Christ and to hanging in there with him? Suffering will test that. And, and likewise, Lakeith, if, if we're sincere in our desire to, to learn from Jesus, then we'll take that time to listen to him and, and we'll make space in our daily lives to sit down and, and read the scriptures and to pray and to, to, to truly ask him to, uh, to shape and direct our lives. So, um, that's the, that's the number one quality that came to my mind is sincerity. And I find that a, a constant test in my own life is to be sincere. Uh, cause you can be sincere today and then, you know, a week or two from now that sincerity can wane and, and, we need to be called back to having a sincere devotion to Jesus. And my favorite verse on this, I know this was something that we're going to get to, Abigail, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw mine in. Um, but my, my favorite verse on this is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And Paul's talking to the believers there in Corinth, and he said that he was afraid, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, their minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And I love that. I love that quality that we're supposed to pursue. And that's what Paul was urging the Corinthians. Don't let your minds be led astray from having a simple, pure devotion to Christ. And so um, if I can have that, and if I can help other people have that, then that's a great quality to have as a disciple. It's a great characteristic to have as a disciple is to have sincerity. That's really good. Um, I don't really know if I have much to add. Um, other than when I was thinking about, well, the, that verse earlier from Romans of the suffering and endurance, I, I was immediately thought of the, the parable of the four soils. Um, and I, I love that parable because it does show all these different soils and all these different results of the gospel hitting that ground and what happens. And, um, you know, we can all be all those different soils as a disciple. And it's kind of up to us to, um, to really pray and really be um, in the word, like you said, Keith, so that we don't end up being like choked out by the worries of this world. And I think that was the one, like that was the soil that I'm most convicted by is that being choked out by the things of this world, the distractions, that even in quarantine, we can find like they're still there, which isn't that horrible. Like, how is it even possible? But they're still there. So I, um, I think it really is just that um, that sincerity and that devotion to Jesus of really continually fighting to push past all the other stuff that is truly superfluous and going for Jesus, like hard after him. And I think we have the example of that through scripture of the 12, you know, just being devoted to him. And then, you know, I know it's fresh on all of our minds because we just celebrated Easter, but seeing all those dudes desert at the end is just gut-wrenching because boy, they had stuck with him and now they're like scattering like sheep. Um, and even that is important to us as disciples now to see that 
to see um, what even the 12 were capable of. And I think it's really important for us to know that without the Holy Spirit, we are going to scatter like sheep. So we really need, we both need ourselves need to be devoted to him and make that commitment to him. That's the first step. And then know that it really requires the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts to help us because we are just little humans. So I think this is great because I mean, some of the themes that are already coming out in this conversation are uh, really, even though we haven't directly referred to it, but endurance and perseverance um, and focus are some of the qualities that we want to have as disciples and that, that we want to reproduce in those that we're discipling. And so those are great, those are great characters, character qualities to have. But then the question becomes, well, how do we develop those? And, you know, in the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about commitments and practices. And these are all related. You know, the character of a disciple is shaped by the commitments that we have and by the practices that we choose to engage in. And you're right, even even when we're living this quarantine life, um, there are distractions. And so how do we how do we maintain the right commitments in the midst of the, the hustle and bustle of life so that we, we have that sincerity and we have that devotion. Yeah. So we won't leave you guys hanging. We will try to help you with, <laughs> with that, yeah. with the struggle, which is real. So, yeah. Okay. So Andrew, um, you already shared your verse, so you don't get yep. to do this next question. I'm just kidding. You can have another one, but Keith, do you have a favorite verse on the characteristics of a disciple? Oh man, <clears throat> favorite verse. Uh, I think it or changes the whole chapter. <laughs> That's what I would do. I know guilty, guilty is charged with the chapter. But I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you have to bear with me here on this one, guys. But uh, my favorite verse right now on it happens to be in the book of Ruth. But uh, to paint the picture, like um, Jesus, Jesus wasn't the first human being to be born, so. Uh, yeah, he, he came in later and I think he perfected it. Same thing with discipleship. Like, uh, I know a lot of, yeah, it's, uh, Jesus perfected discipleship. You know, I think it started way back when, but I think he took that and he really perfected it. Because uh, I think for a long time, I was like, man, Jesus was, he was the first disciple maker. He was the only one to ever make disciple maker. But I think if you look back in the course of history, you'll see that it was going on just to a different extent. So, uh, yeah, Naomi and Ruth. Uh, they have this awesome exchange and Naomi's being a good mother-in-law and she's trying to send Ruth off because her sister just left. Both of her sons have passed. And um, yeah, I'm not going to say she was plagued, but she's like, hey, you know, like, it'd be best if you go this way and we go this way. And uh, I love I love Ruth's uh, attitude towards the, towards the circumstance and wanted to stay, wanting to stay with Ruth. But um, she said, uh, do not urge me to leave you from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. My God will be your God. And uh, I think that's a huge just characteristic of a disciple is that they want to be around the person who's going to mentor them, that's going to take them under their wing. You know. So for the disciples, it was Jesus. Uh, when they were challenged to leave, where else are we going to go? <laughs> we have nowhere else to go. It's you. Uh, so seeing that in Ruth and seeing her commitment to Naomi, not being her family, not 
being from her bloodline, not having a son to marry, and possibly no other son was still willing to be committed. So I think uh, that verse is probably one of my favorites because not only is it in the Old Testament, uh, but it's Naomi and Ruth, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a cool picture of what to do when uh, the road gets tough. Oh, that's good. I always love that verse. It's an excellent one. I, um, I'm i in First Corinthians right now in my quiet time. And so I've been thinking a lot about um, just the characteristics that God values in his disciples. And I'm not yet to the love chapter. I'm still in like, I don't even know what chapter. I'm in chapter eight. Um, but he's already starting to talk about love. And I even... I circled this in my quiet time on our Insta stories today, but um, I was already thinking about this podcast and just was perfect because it's so simple. And it is, if someone loves God, God knows him. And I really, I loved that picture um, and there's probably a lot more to it, but there's, if we love God and we are devoted to him, then he reveals himself to us. And then it becomes this close, close relationship like you were just describing, Keith. And it all is centered around love. That's what he wants is our devotion, our love. Um, he doesn't want our like super skills and our like amazing talents and all the things that we kind of start to see as like synonymous with a disciple. Like even when we look at the 12 disciples, we start to see their, their different talents. Like, oh, Peter, like he was so good at, you know, getting in trouble. I'm just kidding. Walking um, on water. Yeah. 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 So um, I think it's really important for us to not start um, like picking out like characteristics in the the talent sense of the word of like what a disciple looks like, how they portray, you know, these amazing parts of who Jesus was as a human, but that we just are devoted to him. Like the love, that's all that is truly important. If someone says, man, Abigail, she loved the Lord. Like, then we're good. <laughs> like, that's all, that's truly all we should really, um, at the end of the day, as a disciple, be devoted in our love. And so your verse is also perfect in that because she really did have such devotion and love for Naomi. So, yeah, so yeah. Andrew, did you want to add? I'll give you another one if you want. Nope, nope. Okay. I got right. mine in there. Okay, good. All right. Okay, so let me get back to our notes. I had gotten rid of them there to check on what chapter I was in. Okay, so, um, all right, last thing before we go. We will be back on this next week, so don't worry. There's so much more to talk about. But what are maybe some dangers of a lack of character when it comes to being a disciple? So, and end on a downer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a danger that comes to my mind, we, we've sort of already talked about it on the positive side, but the, the passage that came to my mind as I was thinking about the, the dangers of a lack of character is that we'll be exposed. And I don't mean that necessarily in an, oh, we'll be embarrassed, but that um, we'll think that we're something that we're not. And the, the parable of Jesus, of the people who heard his teachings and took action, he said that they were like those who, who built their house on the rock. And the storms came and the winds blew, and that house stood, stood the test. But um, those who heard his words and did not take action were like people who built their house on the sand. And when the storms came, the house collapsed. And just like you said earlier, Abigail, the, the storms of life are going to come. And it's really our character 
our genuine character as followers of Christ that is going to be tested and proven or exposed if we don't have um, true true character, if there's a lack of character, if there's a lack of devotion and sincerity, um, or if we just haven't taken the time to listen to Jesus and learn from him, then that's going to be exposed by, by the storms of life. And you can really, you know, we can really think that we're something that we're not. And typically most, most of us will project ourselves in a more positive light than is warranted. And so, you know, the, the, the test of our character is not when things are going well, it's, it's when the, the chips are down and, and things aren't looking well. It's, it's the John six when the disciples don't understand what Jesus is talking about when he, he's telling them that they have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. I mean, that's the true test moments like that. And they're going to come in our lives. So I think that's the, uh, the thing that stood out to me, the dangers of not having genuine character as a disciple of Jesus is it's going to come out. It's going to be exposed sooner or later. So let's, let's pursue, let's make the tree good so that its fruit can be good when, when the season comes around and, and it's revealed. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think um, for me, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long game. It's an endurance, endurance game. And uh, yeah, you're going to face plant, you're going to fall on your face. You know, I think the important thing is how do you respond to it or how you're going to react to it. So I think one of the dangers is that we people do stay down. I think uh, there's a lot of people who's who've been um, had a bad, you know, experience with church or a pastor or someone in fellowship, and uh, eventually walked away from it, and it uh, it almost destroyed their relationship with God. It's amazing how when people turn away from fellowship or a following, like they turn away from God too altogether. So I think um, yeah, it's a high cost. It's yeah, there's no greater calling in life. So I think, uh, you know, when the Proverbs is talking about a righteous man falls, this falls seven times, but rises again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity, you know, I think uh, in the end, it's either you get back up or you stay down. Like you're gonna, because you're gonna fall, you know, it's uh, we're gonna, a, a real spiritual battle here, like uh, in a battle for souls. So you're gonna take wounds, you're gonna be wounded, you're gonna be hurt, but uh, how you respond and how you turn back to God, I think it's key. So the big danger for me is just, I like your point about being exposed, Andrew, because we, it's the truth. Like, uh, so I think like Abby was talking about earlier is like knowing how to depend on God's spirit and knowing that it's not about us, that we're not the hero in the story. Like we can't do it on our own. We don't win. So uh, truly turning to God and depending on him is what it takes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am reminded of the verse that is in Hosea, but then Jesus quotes it as well. Um, he says, you know, I want your loyalty, not your sacrifices. And I want you to know me and not give me burnt offerings. And I think that that can be um, very like us as well. Like we could say, oh man, yeah, I'm a great disciple. Like <laughs> I, uh, you know, I go to church and I give to the poor and, you know, I do all these things. Like we're very like duper focused. Um, and that verse is like really hits me to the heart of that's a true character of a disciple is devotion to the Lord. 
Um, and I think this is a great time to talk about this because as we are all in a very different state of life right now, um, it's so busy like we talked about, but, um, but maybe it is taking us away from some of the less, um, less important aspects of being a disciple. And it brings it back to, to your house with you and your Bible and that true devotion to Jesus and to just falling in love with him and being his disciple, um, no one standing between you and him, but just a disciple of Jesus. So I, um, that verse is really, I mean, I love it, but it also is super convicting to me because like I've, I've said before, I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm a like achiever. So I want to like achieve things to be a disciple, but it really is about our loyalty and about our devotion know that's what he wants from all of us and so uh that's my last thought so guys we're gonna keep talking about this um i think we're gonna get into maybe some more practical aspects of being a disciple in the next few weeks so hang in there hang with us um and until then we you know hope that you're just taking advantage of this time um in a different state um where you are maybe more at home and uh, just spending time in the word with our Lord Jesus as his disciple. Um, let's see, did I have any final thoughts um, that I was supposed to say? I don't have my notes, but I'm going a bad note reader today. Just FYI, I'm just a rogue, <laughs> a rogue uh, um, leader of this podcast time. It's okay. okay. It's real life. This is real life podcast. <sighs> I'm like okay. listening to my children screaming in the background. It's cool. All right. So thanks for checking out the show today. <laughs> if you have any thoughts, we would love to hear about them. Please comment either below in um, the space below this episode on YouTube or on our Facebook page. You can also leave us a voice message and there's a little link for that as well. But above all, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. It's the very best way to share um, the Into the Harvest community with those you love. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Tons of fun. He's going to be an even more of a dad the next time we see him. <laughs> I will. Right. Thanks, Happy. Appreciate the prayers, guys. Keep Yay. Bye, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.